Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff. Lauren Volkbaum here with a classic episode from the archives. This is a fun one for me. I think I mispronounced the names of a few dinosaurs, but I was excited because I was talking about dinosaurs, and specifically about velociraptors. In this episode, we answered the surprisingly complex question of whether they really hunted in packs the way that we see in the movies. Hey there, Brain Stuff. Lauren Vogelbaum here. Whoever the human stars of the latest Jurassic Park movie are, the velociraptors are the fan-favorite performers. Packs of raptors can gang up on anyone or anything, from kids in kitchens to a hybridized dino monster. Their attacks are organized, strategic, and in most of the movies, they rely on a chain of command within the group. But is such team-oriented behavior supported by the fossil record? Before we can answer that question, we should clear something up. The dinosaur that's called Velociraptor in the Jurassic Park movies and novels was based on a completely different animal known as Danonychus. 
And when it comes to size, there's a huge gap between the two. Velociraptor wasn't much bigger than a turkey, but the adult Danonychus measured 11 feet, or about 3.3 meters long, and may have weighed more than 200 pounds, that's 90 kilograms. Both are classified as dromaeosaurids, a family of bird-like carnivorous dinosaurs. Members of this group had a specialized toe on each foot, which, famously, was held in an upright position while they walked. In theory, that habit kept the large, hook-shaped claws on those digits nice and sharp. Historically, it was thought that these claws were slashing tools used to disembowel prey. But recent studies have found that the claws would have been better equipped for stabbing or puncturing. Dromaeosaurus, therefore, might have used their remarkable toes to help them cling on to large, thrashing victims. Think of this as sort of a prehistoric rodeo. Getting back to Danonychus, this particular dinosaur was originally discovered in 1931 in Montana, but it wouldn't be named until 1969. That's when Yale paleontologist John Ostrom was overseeing a dig at a Montana quarry, and the bones of four Danonychus were found strewn around the partial skeleton of a much larger herbivore called Tenontosaurus. Late in his career, Ostrom compared this paleocrime scene to a wolf pack dispatching its prey. The four dead Dinonychus dinos, he theorized, had been killed while attacking the big plant eater in a coordinated group effort. Later, other members of their pack presumably killed that tenacious dinosaur. Ostrom's work influenced author Michael Crichton, who wrote pack-hunting Dromaeosaurus into the first Jurassic Park book. The concept has since taken hold of the public's imagination. Moreover, it's had a significant impact on dinosaur science— Theropods, the group containing birds and all known extinct carnivorous dinos, are often found fossilized in close proximity to other members of their own species. Because of this, it's been argued that plenty of non-Dromaeosaur predators, like Tyrannosaurus and Allosaurus, might have hunted in packs too. But then again, perhaps they didn't. In a 2007 paper, paleontologists Brian Roach and Daniel Brinkman dissected the issue at length. And, in their opinion, neither Danonychus nor Velociraptor nor any other non-avian predatory dinosaur would have formed packs. Via email, Brinkman explained, Mammal-like cooperative pack hunting is an extremely rare and complex behavior. So, let's talk terminology. Brinkman and Roach's paper defines true cooperative pack hunting as a group effort carried out by animals that habitually work together with others of their species to capture and subdue prey too large for an individual predator to kill alone. Furthermore, these team players also defend their territory collectively and may share youngster-rearing duties. No living bird or reptile fits the criteria— it's true that Nile crocodiles sometimes gang up on big mammals like wildebeests, but they later disperse. And although Harris hawks have been known to form hunting parties of up to nine birds, they target small game while doing so. That said, there is one living animal that, according to Roach Brinkman, might offer us some insight into how Dromaeosaurus and other non-avian theropods behaved around big prey items, the Komodo dragon. Komodo dragons are solo hunters, and effective ones at that. An adult can bring down victims ten times its own body weight. These reptiles are also eager scavengers, and when one of them kills a large prey item, others are likely to come running. What follows is a gruesome feeding frenzy, with a dozen or more Komodo dragons mobbing the carcass. Such beatings get violent fast. While squabbling over a corpse, Komodos may attack one another. Sometimes they even kill and eat their smaller competitors at the site. So when paleontologists find a large collection of theropod bones and or teeth in the same fossil deposit, what should they make of it? Should they interpret the remains like a wolf-style family unit, or should they be viewed as the site of a disorganized mob where side squabbles and cannibalism would have been rampant? 
For their part, Brinkman and Roach find the latter scenario more probable. Brinkman said, Deinonychus and other non-avian theropods were most likely solitary hunters who engaged in antagonistic Komodo dragon-like feeding aggregations, and they interacted with each other in ways that were much more contentious, combative, and cannibalistic than has been widely believed. Okay, but what about dinosaur footprints? Can they shed any light onto the pack hunting debate? In 2007, a 120-million-year-old Dromaeosaur trackway was discovered in China. Six different sets of parallel tracks were found, each made by an animal standing about 4 feet or 1.2 meters tall at the hip. And judging by the nature of the sediment, it looks like these prints were all laid down within a very short span of time. Anthony J. Martin, a leading paleoichnologist, a trace fossil scientist, thinks the animals who made them were traveling in some kind of group. He said via email, The trackways showed these dromaeosaurs were moving at about the same pace, in the same direction, parallel, and spaced more or less the same distance apart. So I'm fairly certain that this is evidence of group behavior. Still, this doesn't necessarily mean the dromaeosaurs hunted in packs. Maybe they were rushing toward a dead body, like those independently-minded Komodo dragons. In order to confidently cite any footprint assemblage as the product of pack hunting or a similar activity, we'd need, said Martin, more evidence, such as tracks of a prey animal that was clearly preceding them and not by much time. Best of all would be the dromaeosaur tracks ending at a kill site. An ichnologist can dream, right? Today's episode was written by Mark Mancini, whose name I also originally mispronounced, and produced by Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.